welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I'm your host, Kim Smith. This is episode 255, The Glorious Presence of the Lord. I live in South Louisiana, and for the last few days, it seems like Noah needs to come back and help us build an ark because we have had that much rain. Right now, we have a glimpse of sunshine, which I can't tell you when we've seen that. And yet, we've got standing water all along the sides of the road. In the midst of that, I have seen some of the most unique clouds ever. And I was driving home from work a few days ago. And I was on an expressway driving into the sunset clouds. And they were some of the most unique I have ever seen. And they were so vast. So they literally took up my entire field of vision in front of me. I wasn't sure that I could pull off snapping a picture from where I was, but I just had to try. And so the graphic that is included in this particular podcast episode that includes the verse Psalm 19.1, that is just a small taste of what the skies looked like. The clouds were You can tell it from my voice. I don't even have words for how they looked. And I couldn't help but think about the fact that as beautiful and majestic as those clouds were for that brief few minutes of time, That is only a tiny, tiny, tiny glimpse of the majesty of heaven. And the fact that I was so overwhelmed to see that gorgeous sight, I cannot imagine what heaven will be. Makes me think of The Mercy Me song, I can only imagine. That song has always stirred my heart as it has millions of others. Because when we stand in the presence of Christ, I I don't expect to have words. I'm not sure that I will, would, (laughs) it might be thousands of years before I could come out with a word, because just the thought of it just causes me to want to weep, to fall down on my face and weep and weep and weep. All of this I am saying today to set up our scripture lesson for today that's based in 1 Kings 8, 1 through 11, 
And there's a very similar passage in 2 Chronicles 5, 1 through 14. As those of you who've been walking along through Scripture with us know, we've been making our way through the reign of King Solomon. And King Solomon has led the Israelites, including the master craftsman Hiram, to build the temple of the Lord. The temple that David had in mind, but God told him, it is not yours to build, but I will appoint your son to take care of that project. And so the building is done. The furnishings are ready. And this was a lengthy, lengthy process. Not only was the building huge, but the furnishings were, from a human standpoint, majestic in how they were laid with gold, everything about them. You can go back and look in First Kings, somewhere about 6, 7, and get that information but today we are we're talking about the day that the ark was brought to the temple. So this is the ark of the covenant. Yes, for those of you who the Bible is kind of new to you, but you know somebody in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, we're talking about that ark. But I can't help but think about so the ark of the covenant was not only representative of the presence of the living God, but God's presence dwelt wherever that ark would be. That would be the presence of the Lord if he so chose. And he had given instructions about the tabernacle back in the days of Moses and they put together the tabernacle, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant resided. At that time, the Ark of the Covenant had three different articles in it. And um, that was one thing that threw me off as I was reading this a few times. At this point in history, it only contains one article. I thought that was a little interesting. Not our main point for today, but curious Kim had to find out what happened with that. So, when the Israelites have lost their way, such as in the time of the judges, the ark was nowhere to be obviously found. It wasn't the center of Israelite worship, wasn't the center of Israelite culture. I mean, it was at some random guy's house. Like, it just, they so haphazardly handled the presence of the living God. And you can go back and look. We spent a week or two on when David came to be king of all Israel, and he wanted the ark brought into Jerusalem so that God would be the center of it all. And the first time, David did not specify that they needed to look at how the presence of God was supposed to be handled. And we had a death. Because they did not approach the holy in a reverent manner. Second time, 
David made sure that the Ark of the Covenant was taken care of. And this is when he did the dance routine as he came into town leading the people in worship, just dancing before the Lord his God. And so now today we see the Ark brought into the temple. And there's two verses, 10 and 11, at the end of this that I want us to, to camp on, I want us to meditate on, and I want us to examine how reverent we are about the presence of the Lord because I've mentioned this many times because it's, it's how my brain kind of processes this. When we look at Old Testament times where you didn't have the Holy Spirit of the living God living inside of every God follower, it's different. They couldn't commune with the Lord of the universe just anywhere they were. And yet we as Christ followers, if you are one who has chosen to follow Christ, we have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of us. So we have the presence of the Lord inside of us. How do we handle that? I think it's good for us to be reminded. So let's read 1 Kings 8, 1-11. through 11. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn in the month of Ethanim. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the priest picked up the Ark. The priest and the Levites brought up the Ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priest carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it from Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. Verses 10 and 11. When the priests came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. Just try to imagine what it would have been like to have been in that place on that day when the presence of the living God 
so permeated that temple. I go back to my clouds. You know, that little glimpse. That little glimpse. And the priest could not do anything. They just had to step back and worship. I just, uh, I've read this multiple times and I just become very overwhelmed each time. You know, the Israelites were used to the presence of the Lord leading them when they were in the wilderness. And, uh, but for this generation, for Solomon and the people at this time, this was a totally new experience. Now, sadly, when the Israelites rebel against God and we get into our study of the divided kingdom, we're going to see that there is a time where the presence of the Lord leaves, departs from that place. Because God's not going to reside with the unholy, with the irreverent. Let me read these verses, the 10 and 11 again. When the priest came out of the holy place, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priest could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. And then, fast forward to the new covenant. Where is the temple of the Lord? It's in each of us who are Christ followers. And yet, how often do you or I lose our breath as we try to process the fact that some of that glorious presence of the Lord resides in you and in me. As I was looking at the clouds the other day, thinking about it today, the, the verses that automatically came to mind, Psalm 19, 1, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. And we know that in nature you can see the glory of God in the, in the skies in the oceans, in the face of a child. But part of that glorious presence resides in you and in me. So the weekly assignment feature is meditate on 1 Kings 8, 10 through 11. What would it have been like to have experienced the Lord's presence in that way? And then I didn't put it in there, but 
how will you be more aware of the fact that the glorious presence of the Lord resides in you? How is that going to change how you treat the temple of the Lord? You know, as we go through the divided kingdom, we're going to see, that, especially in Manasseh's reign, but it wasn't just then. But in Manasseh's reign, the destruction in the temple, the sacrilege in the temple, the just utter disrespect in the temple. But how often do you or do I do something like that with the temple of God that is our own body? I'm typing, as you can hear, because God reminded me of a chorus that I can't get out of my head. It's a chorus that we used to sing in my home church when I was growing up. And it, it's surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And I remember standing with my church family in what is now the old sanctuary and singing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. How much different would you act on a daily basis if you began each day reminding yourself that the glory, glorious presence of the living God resides within your physical body. That a touch of that glory of God is in you. It would change you. It would change your attitude toward your own body. It would change what you believe that God wants to accomplish through you. I think it would change your perspective on other Christ followers. And it would change your perspective on those who do not have the spirit of the living God living inside of them. Because you would want it more than anything. I think about one person that I interact with quite often. And they're so miserable in their skin. And it just pours out of them. Seemingly out of every pore. And I began to think this last week. This person needs Jesus. How would their life be changed for the better 
if this person could experience the love of Jesus. To realize who she is in the sight of the living God, that she is priceless, that she is beloved. It would change how she sees herself. It would see how she change how she sees others. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Just like the presence of Lord of the Lord was in the temple. As Solomon and the elders of Israel welcomed in the Ark of the Covenant. Part of that presence lives in you if you have committed to follow Christ. Let that change you from this point forward. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Next week we begin Probably, now that I think about it, my favorite worship service that is described in Scripture. If not my favorite, it's got to be really close. The dedication ceremony for Solomon's Temple is something to be beheld. And we will do that next week. Information down below on how you can start a relationship with Jesus Christ or you can reach out to me with questions, concerns, whatever it may be at encouragingothersandlovingjesus at gmail.com. You can find all the podcast episodes down at the very bottom. There's a QR code to get not only to the hidden episodes, but all the episodes together. And as we sign off each week, Remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. Mm-hmm.